0: This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, a post-mortem on the young, restless, and reformed. I am your host, Matt. I am joined by Pastor Michael, who has been getting ready for the General Assembly of the PCA, which is going on right now when this episode comes out. How are you doing today, Pastor Michael?
1: Well, yeah. when you're listening to this, I'm probably in Memphis. <laughs> so um, I don't know what that means. Am I getting good barbecue? Am I just really hot? Um, or or freezing cold? Those are the two options. Every year, pretty much, we go to the South for General Assembly and you're either just so overheated because the outside temperatures are ridiculous or you are in the convention center and it is ice cold. <laughs> so... So that's kind of the options, Uh, but hopefully, hopefully it's a good time. Really looking forward to it and uh, and glad to be here.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, can you give our audience your hottest take on Memphis or the best stereotype you believe about this city you're going to? Oh man. I, so I know nothing really
1: about Memphis. I really don't. Um, I shouldn't be speaking. I will say that ever since I learned that I'm going to Memphis for general assembly, I've seen a lot more headlines about the crime rates in Memphis. <laughs> mm. Mm. I don't know if it's just because I never thought about Memphis before, or if it's because um, things are not doing great there. But I, man, I've seen I've seen a lot uh, since since learning that this is where General Assembly is. So,
0: well, there you go. So maybe we need to, uh, as hopefully we finish this week our uh, episode on the use of firearms by Christians. Hopefully, that is not something that is in any way. Uh, related to your trip to Memphis, but maybe it is something <laughs> Memphis Christians think about. Um, but this week, guys, we're doing something that we haven't done for a while, but we say we're doing it. We really are doing it. We are continuing to walk through the Apostles' Creed, which is exciting. We're excited. Next Monday night, though, Restless, the YRR, everything, as I've learned from Religion News Service, the Young Restless and Reforms is at a is at a crossroads. I think the Religion News Service heard we've hit two hundred fifty thousand downloads and knows things are changing. And so we are going to do a live stream party eight p.m. Monday night, um, talking about the YRR and Restless at a crossroads. So if you have any questions about reform theology, what what to do next, what's coming next, if you have. Uh, things you want us to talk about, please send them in. Yay, nay, or nuance requests. Uh, we have got to find a way to get this out on social media all this week to try and get good topics about what's next for the YRR, what's, what's coming up, uh, is Driscoll all the way back, all these kinds of things. So we want to talk about it with you. It's going to be a party Monday night. I think everyone's going to have a good time who comes. And I'll come up with something fun. I'll come up with a special uh, offer for people watching on the live stream. So anyways, uh, we'll try and make it worth your while. But Pastor Michael, today we get to do something, I hope, encouraging. We get to continue working through the Apostles' Creed. The clips of us talking about I Believe in God from our episode entitled I Believe Atheism is Cringe. Sure get a lot of comments online. Man, it's Uh, crazy.
1: It is crazy that like so much of it stems from you and I talking about uh, just a tiny offhand sermon clip that I put up that yep. went crazy because of the atheists commenting on it, and now we take clips of that talking about it and put it out, and it's just covered just the same in all kinds of comments, and it's pretty funny.
0: I'll just say, um, atheists. I don't know why they love commenting on things on YouTube. Are we have an audience made up of almost Exclusively not atheists. You guys do not comment on this stuff, but man, do atheists love commenting on stuff. That's just the thing they do. So today, I doubt they're going to be very interested in what we're talking about, but we are continuing with the Apostles' Creed. We are going to try and make um, some progress today. So we are going to be talking about uh, the first article I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And so we are going to talk about today what it means that God is the father almighty. Now, um, there is, Pastor Michael, would you say there is literally a sea of implications and texts and, and things we could talk about from this idea? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the chances of covering all of this is zero because we're talking about, even just the fact that we're talking about God. I mean, we're talking about, about God, who he is um, in, in his being. Uh, And so like, it's just, we're not going to get very far or very deep because we are, we are plunging into the ocean um, and we're not like, we will not make it to the bottom, you know, I mean, we will, we will just swim around a little bit at the top and it will be great and refreshing. uh, I hope, but it's, it's not actually um, our, our attempt at this is not to say, all right, we did it, you know, we've covered it. It's over. We figured it out, Uh, but our attempt is that we could at least meditate a little bit together on uh, the the nature and character of God as Father.
0: And so our plan is um, we are going to set a timer for basically 30 minutes, 25 minutes from now, because we started a little earlier, and we are just going to um, discuss, Pastor Michael and I are going to take turns kind of volleying out. Just one implication that comes to mind from this statement that I believe in God, the father almighty. Um, And so um, what does it mean to believe God as father? What does it mean to believe in God? He as the father almighty. And we're just going to take turns because like we said, there is no way for us to fully plunge the depths. But Pastor Michael, would you like to start? Would you like to give us a starting point?
1: Yeah. I want to start um, because I'm not going to talk necessarily about an implication, at least not at first. I um, it ties, it will tie to an implication, but I want to start with just the fact that God is father. That's why this is important to talk about. And mm-hmm. he's not father because um, he is like a father to us. Sure. God is eternally father because he eternally has a son, right? Because within the Godhead, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we've talked about how that's what the Apostles' Creed um, really is laid out as, right? It is, I believe in God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that you could sum it all up in a sense in that way. Uh, And so he is a father because uh, he eternally has a son. Um, I think that's hugely important. uh, And it's on that basis That the fatherhood of God for you, right, that you can have God as your father actually then takes on um, significance because he's eternally this way. This is not um, like a like a cutesy phrase that we use to talk about God um, as we just experience, hey, in this life, we experience God, uh, we experience fathers. This must be what God is like, just, you know, um, um, better than that it actually goes the other way around. So let me read for us um, something that you probably had pulled up to um, in Ephesians chapter three uh, in verse 14. It says this, for this reason I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And that word for family patria, right? That you could translate it. It's, I, I don't know if it's actually a better translation um, at least as far as people would understand it today. Um, but you can actually speak then of, of uh, this is the, the fatherhood, right? All fathers are named because there is a father in heaven. Um, all father, fatherhood exists. The nature of fatherhood exists. What like um, earthly fatherhood exists because God is eternally a father. That's right? right. So it, that's the direction this flows. And so. Uh, We don't want to just look backward as if, you know, um, we're just using earthly fatherhood as a lens from which to view God, but understand that it flows the other direction. Um, Mm. And the implication of that, that I will, you know, carry on to then is what I've already said, that because God uh, is eternally father that, and has an eternal son, that's why you can have him as your father, because you can be united to the son because you can can by faith be united to Jesus Christ you can experience then the fatherhood of God uh, that's you, you're brought into the uh the relationship between God himself right like or in God himself it's you are brought into um this this eternal uh love this eternal um nature of who God is' you're, you're you get to take part in this heavenly blessing, um, of taking part in the divine nature in this way, as scripture says.
0: That's great. We are going to, we're going to come back around. One of my things is going to be a question about how to, how to, we'll say how to get to God's fatherhood apart or through human fatherhood. We'll come back yep. around to that. So great. let me give one, let me say something that's, I guess my My one of my first implications, but it's just directly related to what you just said. Addressing God this way is the Christ centered way of understanding God, because when Jesus came to earth, it's very interesting. And we'll talk more about this when we talk about the center of the creed, which centers on Christ. Jesus, you know, we will often talk about Jesus as like the God man. He came. He was divine and man. And that is true. But actually, like, Jesus expressed his deity in a very specific way. He expressed it as the Son of God. Yes. Jesus came as the Son of God, expressly praying to his heavenly yes. Father, right? If you want to get to God, if you want to know God specifically through Jesus Christ, you will know God the Father, right? This yes. is this Great. is. This is the way you get to it, right? If if this is also how these ways we define God, right? We talk about all these monotheistic religions or like the idea that there is the, you know, the unmoved mover or the like the originating cause like that. This is the way like you can get to God and we can all kind of start there and work together that in the creed. And as Christians, that's not how we start from to God. We start from how he's revealed to us in Christ, where we see the son of God, meaning God is a father. He's the father yes. almighty. Right. So that one, I think, is is this is one of the ways uh, it allows us to be very uh, in a positive, in a very positive meaning Christ centered, starting with Christ. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And I mean, what did what did Christ say? Right. Um if you have seen me, you have seen the father, right? It's, um, it is through him that you come to know God as father. How did Christ teach his disciples to pray when they asked him? Right. Our father. Right. And it's so good. That's so central. Um, that really is, that really is great. Um,
0: we'll come back to implications for prayer as well, for sure. Cause that's a good one. So that's mine. Do you have another one you'd like to, to volley out?
1: Yeah. Let me say this. Um, one of the implications of the fatherhood of God is, and one of the I think it's tied to, um, God being the father almighty maker of heaven and earth, right? These are all things that are, that are interconnected. Um, but it has to do with his authority, right? That he is mm. over us. He is authority over us. Um, and so, you know, fatherhood has both of these elements of like deep personal relationship, um, uh, at least for his son, right? Like it, it is a familial term. Also, it has the nature of hierarchy, of authority, of of one who is superior um, in the, the Westminsterian sense. And um, in God's, in terms of God, He is superior in every way, right? In I mean, in, you know, it's not just in human terms where we'd say, well, a father is a superior in that he is he is before, he has authority over those uh, those children that he has or something like that. He's the federal head of his children. Um, for God, he is superior in every way, in every possible way. He's the father almighty maker of heaven and earth. Um, but, but I think it's important to, uh, understand that, uh, this idea of who God is, is not just to make him more like, um, comfortable and likable for you. Mm. So this, I mean, some of you have heard people, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of memes out there making fun of how people will pray to daddy God, right? Hey, that's a hard. No, that's a hard, no hard. Nay. Um, don't do that because, um, that does not, uh, actually carry with it the understanding of authority that God has over us as our father, right? It, it, it's not the same. It is a, it is a term that does not carry that same weight, and I think that's important to remember that he is our father um, in an in you know, uh, analogous way to how we see fatherhood play out in the world. Um, we have our origin in him. Um, we, we owe him uh, our very existence in a greater degree than our earthly fathers. And because of that, we owe him honor and um, submission just yep. as we do our earthly fathers, but to a far greater degree, right? To to an extent that it's it's you know beyond that that we even owe our earthly fathers. And so I just think that's important to remember. So one of the implications then
0: is um the authority that he holds over us. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking about your implication. I think this is actually one of the ways how do you get how do we how do we make sure we keep that in mind. Um and I do think it is this um this adjective we have when we call god father god the father almighty right this is a distinguishing word from all other fathers right god is the the father right almighty right he's infinite right this is one of the reasons when michael's like well we're there's actually literally no way for us to get through everything we could say cuz god is almighty he is the possessor of all might of he is immense He is um, all present, right? He is all knowing, right? He has, everything is an implication of his All
1: power that exists anywhere, in anyone, from anyone is all derivative, Uh, but all of, he has it all, (laughs) you know, it's all his.
0: And so you don't address almighty with, oh, daddy, good to see you, right? Like that, that's not how you address that that is where this distinguishing comes yes right so. and
1: and you don't want to you know again because he is a father that does connote and i guess i'll i'll save the implication of his of his true like i mean his true love the love of a father um but mm. i think part of the issue is that we don't think of our earthly fathers with the honor respect and and the authority that we should understand that they hold you know i mean we don't think of right. our fathers in those terms even if I mean, even if we love our fathers, um, we don't actually probably give them the respect that they are due most of the time today. And so part of that will lead, I think, inevitably, when we then think about God as father, we'll say, you know, well, what is my dad? Well, he's like a buddy that took care of me when I was a kid. You know, well, that's not what God is. (laughs) You know, that's not, no, that's not what father means. And that's actually not what your earthly father is either.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I do think it is. Right. Whereas Jesus had to emphasize and rightly in his parables, he's a father who will run after a prodigal. We have no sense of like why. Like to us, it's like, well, sure, that doesn't shock us. Jesus told that as a shocking story. We're like, yeah, of course I get it. Like that's that's a good thing. So my next implication is thinking through what it means um, God as an eternal father. Uh, I think there are a lot of ways we can go wrong with this because um, what we do is what you're saying. We read, we understand God's fatherhood through our dim mirror as human, our human fatherhood. And we often read that up into the Trinity. We make the Trinitarian fatherhood of the son. We make that a model for human fatherhood, human relationships. I think that's an error. But what is, and so there's a lot about what it means that God, the eternal father with the son, what that, there's a lot about that that is a mystery to me. And by mystery, I don't mean hard to understand. I mean, God didn't tell me. I don't know. Like they have a relationship of love. I don't know everything about. I cannot know everything about. And I will never get sick of learning about for eternity, right? Yeah. But one thing I do know, at the most basic thing, right? The father is a father because he gives life. He eternally begets the son. God is eternally fruitful in himself. He is eternally life-giving. He is eternally with another. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is this is a little bit what you were saying out, but I, I just want to highlight this fruitfulness, the fruitfulness of God, right? And we sometimes wonder if God didn't need to create, He didn't have any thing lacking but if god is eternally and we'll come to creation next time if god is eternally just giving life and spilling forth love and sharing it's totally appropriate it is which is the literal term that the theologians used for god's creating it is a fitting thing for him to do not necessary not forced right not needed not adding to him but it's fitting because he's eternally fruitful. The Father is eternally begetting the Son, yeah. um, and that yeah, is- as we do
1: this, I'm thinking, can we just make some kind of a, a conference or something, and we take each one of these things and we just say, okay, we need somebody to you know discuss this for 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, this is just so oh, it's so rich.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so that rich. that's my next one, but yeah, we because again, we could discuss that for very a very very long time and then of course when god creates people in his image is it any surprise he says go be productive yes go be fruitful fruitful and multiply yes it's interesting he actually like that command is is beyond the 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 commands in the garden there is authority given to humanity but it's actually not the 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 Force isn't on the authority they have. The force is on the fruitfulness, the production, the the beauty, creation, the enjoyment. That's that's a lot more like God. And and maybe I'll come to the uh the mistakes of reading submission into the Godhead with the term Father. But I don't know if yes. I'll. Get to <laughs> I'm going to stay as positive. But if we come to if we get to it, I'll uh, we'll get there. But that's mine. That's mine. The right. fruitfulness. The no, seriously, fruit. I love
1: this so much. I, I, I'm not even just kidding. I'm not just saying this for a podcast. This is just so good and rich. And I just want to talk about these things forever um, and discuss these things forever and hear them forever. Um, and so I will. <laughs> so yep. uh, that's great. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to now say, you know, the implication of God's fatherhood is uh, both of the son eternally and of uh, us, his sons, Uh is his father's love mm. right that that, that uh, we uh can experience the love that he has as a father for his son and when i say experience and when i'm talking about love i'm not just talking about like a warm emotional feeling and mm. literally just as i was sitting here I broke this down. I just quick wrote down, jotted down the notes. I'm going to put it into three Ps. I'm going to use some some oh, uh, solid Baptist preaching logic, right? So the love of God seen in in three different ways. Number one, His provision, right? A father provides for his son. He he sustains his son. He he does what is necessary that his son be taken care of, right? We see this in his uh, in his care and provision of Christ, um, and that's what we have as well. This is what we receive as well, that he, um, cares for us and provides for us what we need in order to grow into maturity and in order to accomplish what it is that he has given us to do. Um, with that is also then, uh, a privilege, right? You, when you have the love of a father, you, you have a privilege in that way. You, you are privileged by him. Right. So he has a a love for you that is distinguished between his love for others. Um, So this is, you know, when when God says to Israel in Isaiah 43, I give up people in exchange for you. Mm. I think a lot of moderns would read that and think, oh, wow, how like that's not good. That's not that's not right. But that's actually what a father does. Right. A father privileges his children, cares for them. And and does for them those things, which he doesn't even do for others. And that shows his love, his particular love. If you knew a guy who just treated his kids and any other kids anywhere, the exact same all the time, never, ever privileged his children, you'd say that's a bad father, Mm -hmm. right? That's a father that doesn't love his children. He spends just equal amounts of time with his children as he does with others. You would say that father does not love his children. Why is that? Because love privileges its object. Um, and lastly, I'm going to say power. I wanted, I needed a third P. <laughs> okay. uh, but what I mean by that is, you know, we're told in scripture that we are co-heirs with Christ, um, that, that God has made us his sons. And, and the very idea of being sons of God um, has a connotation of, of being co-rulers. Right of of being those who um, are given His authority, right in in a sense being put back in a position of Adam having been given dominion over creation, Um, Mm. and there's a particular authority and power that comes with being a son of God as the Holy Spirit is uh, indwelling you, Um, and so all of this, but all of this, I think this is actually all uh, something that comes out of that is is um, the the manifestation of you could say the love of God that he has a particular love that he has as a father.
0: So you're saying that this is not the implication of the great Protestant liberal tradition, which is the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, that this is right. not <laughs> an actual implication of God. As no,
1: well. no. And, and because you do not have God for your father, um, if you are not united to the son, right? If, right. if, If you are not united to the eternal son of God, he is not your father in the same way. He's the father of all in the sense that he is the originator of all, right? Everything comes from him. In that way, you could say he's the father of all. But in a more specific sense, um, the love of the father is to his son. And Mm. the reason we participate in that is because of that, because we're united to his son by faith.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, let's let me then let me make jump off that that you just made me think of one of these implications, right? This idea that God's not everyone's father. I actually think it's a bit of a confusion of because again, it's fine. Again, there are times where the Bible does not use terms particularly in right. super technical terms. Right. But right, because yes, God is the creator of all, right? But what the Protestant liberals did is they took this idea of creation, humanities, equality in that sense and made it like and that's the kingdom of God and they flattened everything into that right so when we look at the world actually how does Jesus look at the world Jesus when he comes to earth he says oh if you knew my father you'd know me he says but you don't because you are of your father the devil yes right there is there are fatherhoods families in opposition there is a seed of the serpent yes and there is those who have been made sons of God, right? And so what we see is on this level the way we are using the word, the way Jesus taught us to pray, Father. There are there is there are households in conflict. There are there are fatherhoods being established on Earth, and they are in opposition. And so, um, in this most fundamental sense, we are not right. You, as you said outside of christ you do not get to call god your father. All right, take us to another one. I've got more, but let's keep it going. We've only got 5 minutes left, man.
1: That well, that's that's all the main ones that I had. Why I mean, I'll well, let you jump on your last one if you have one that you wanted well, I've to get got
0: to. At least two more as I think about it. Let's do praying to god as father. What mm-hmm. how does praying to God as father, as that's primarily the way Christ taught us to pray, what is the what is that what does that do for you when you think about that, Pastor Michael?
1: Yeah, I, so I mean, you know, um just to play play off of what I've already said, right? If if God has particularly uh privileged you as his son, um if his particular love is toward you, what does Jesus say? If you, if you as an earthly father, have your son come to you and he asks for bread, right? You don't give him a stone. Right. And he says, so ask and you will receive. In other words, in prayer now, because we have a father in heaven, it means that we know he listens. We know he hears us and we know that um, he wants what is best for us. And so we can, with boldness and confidence, present our requests to him, knowing that whatever the answer is, it's good. It's right. It's something we can trust and rely upon. Um, just like your children, if you're a father, your children come to you at times requesting something. And a lot of times you love to give that to them, right? You, you know, hopefully you're a father like our father uh, who loves to give, right? right. A, a good father gives gifts to his children. We're told. Um, so, so, uh, if, if God is like that, we can expect that when we come to him with, with, Prayers for things that are agreeable to His will, He wants to answer. I mean, He's 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 looking to answer them. He's He is uh, already lavishing us with answers to prayer um, and blessings. And so, I uh, that's at least one, you know, yeah. um, implication.
0: No, it's so good. I just I was it just makes me think about. It. I was in a store called Fleet Farm with my kids the other day, and we were going through this camping section, and and it just made me like want to, as an evil father, as Jesus says. I just, I'm like, man, I just want to go through this camping session and say, get whatever we need. We're going on a camping, like just buy whatever we're going. You know, like that, that's like, that is the generosity, but right. We pray to God. He's a father and he gives us his will. So he disciplines us like your dad does, right? You rely on your dad, like this reliance, this need, this generosity is all what it means. You know, when we pray for our father in heaven and obviously the Lord's prayer teaches us because just like a two-year-old my two-year-old asked for i love you son but he asks for dumb things all the time right he does not know what to ask me for yep right or like every parent has but had. but he experience.
1: does so know it. like he just does it right like he's not like i can't ask my dad yeah no he's just like dad can i get this can i do this can i do that like he, he's just exactly. always asking right that's the nature of a son always asking with confidence
0: And because I'm not a perfect father, when he says, hey, dad, can I have a snack? And I go, well, what do you want? And he goes, I don't know. I want you to, I just want from you to give me this, right? But that's not how it is with God. And obviously, this is one of the powerful things Jesus teaches us to pray. He's like, let me help you understand what you need, what your father in heaven and my father can give you, right? And yeah, it's a joy, right? When we think about Jesus the promise he made to his disciples, the amazing promise that he made, which is, I am going back to your father, to my father and your father. Yes, that's the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's why this is the amazing place to start in our confession of faith, because you are confessing that you are a recipient of the particular love of God, that you have found God in Jesus Christ, his son, that Jesus, while he's not here, has went back to the uh went back to the father and you will join him because that's your destiny because that's your father too. That's good news everybody. Thank you everybody. Pastor Michael, I love it when we do the apostles creed. I know that it doesn't get the downloads, you know, but we're not doing it for the likes, we're not doing it for the gram. We just like talking about it. I really do. I really do. Hopefully you liked it too. Um, and, and we would love
1: to, uh, carry on that conversation in any way, if that's something that, um, you know, it sparked your interest or you want to talk more about it, feel free to reach out to us, email us, and, um, we'd love to talk more.
0: If you want us to, uh, get into EFS, maybe we will for the patrons sometime. Uh.
1: this is not restless. Okay, I know you just want to get to the show, but I'm actually here to tell you that there's a way that you can get even more restless in your life. You can do that by going to patreon.com backslash the podcast, where there are three different ways starting at just $3 a month that you can both support this show and at the same time get even more content at least one extra episode a week and often more not to mention the Restless Telegram channel that you'll have access to 24-7 to interact with all the other patrons. If you want more Restless in your life, this is the way. Go to patreon.com backslash the restless podcast. Okay, back to the show.